When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, stupid nerds, the download the uh, Boogie Monster with, with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone so you can find out uh, what happened to Frankenstein and the Wolfman and all that fictional stuff that never happened. And don't pay attention to World War II or the American flag or important things. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. What's happening Rough over there? seas out here. I I, <laughs> listen, I you know, all right. So I I am in Wenatchee, Washington. It is the Sunday of, of daylight savings. That uh-huh. bullshit that we're all still going through. That's the one where I'm like, follow the money. Who's getting paid off of daylight? So there's no reason to keep doing this. You know who's getting who's yeah. making the money off daylight savings? Probably nobody. I don't know why. Why do they keep doing it? it? Originally, it was a farming thing, right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, to keep up with obviously the daylight, so the farmers would be. That's not. It's mm-hmm. not. An, it's not necessary, man. It's real horseshit. I'll tell you that. That's what well, I people think still is. farm, though. We still have farming, but does it? Are we reliant on this extra hour of sunlight? I don't know. Some states just don't have it, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a. Ter- I'm, I'm glad that this. I like this one. This is where like, oh, good. It's not getting dark at four o'clock anymore. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Just for my own mental well being, I like this one. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just I did not. Uh, I didn't think I drank a lot. I don't know if I'm at altitude here where I'm at, hmm. but really just knocked me on my ass. What'd you get really, into? Just we did the shows Friday. Shows were real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this, uh, this nice fella, uh, with this Atlas, some Atlas is the name of the restaurant right, right next to me. He just opened it up. It's a Thai restaurant, but he had a bar in there and he just let all the people like, or let the people that were on the show and everything hang out there Friday night. And it okay. was, uh, <clears throat> it was a good time, but I didn't think I had maybe, I didn't think I had a lot of beer. I think I had about like a sh- like maybe a shot of whiskey and a shot of tequila. Huh. But stole stole my whole day yesterday. I just I didn't I didn't sleep. I didn't eat afterwards. I got shit sleep. So stole my whole day. Took my whole Saturday in Wenatchee from me. Well, I did. I took it from myself. Mm-hmm. And then this morning we just I, I'm feeling all right. I had like you know a couple shots of whiskey last night and a few beers. But that, that's not crazy. I don't I don't feel mm-hmm. hungover though. Okay. But then right when we were about to record, I'm like, oh, I just have to all the all the poops coming. <laughs> All the poop. All aboard the poop train. If you ever, hey, if you're ever constipated, just take a shower or clean your toilet. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what, because <laughs> your body will want to betray you immediately. Yeah. Oh, did you just clean your body? Watch this. Oh, yeah. did you just clean your toilet? Nah, we'll ruin that. <laughs> Sound like an eventful weekend, buddy. <clears throat> well, no, it's Sunday. It's in Wenatchee. It's a. Uh, it's it's. 
It's sunny out. I think I'm going to go. I got the van with me. I'm out for a week. I'm okay. going to go hit the the bike trails. Nice. Uh, I was listening. I, I told you I was listening to a new podcast called Into the Fray. Really had some uh-huh. good Bigfoot accounts. And I'm going to be out in the van, kind of just sitting in the woods around here. You're in Squatch Country, buddy. I am. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in uh, Montana Monday, Tuesday. So we'll see. Nice. It's scary. You know what? I. Listening to that podcast, I only listen to like one or two episodes, but there's one fellow, the one episode called uh, Whistle Punks. You ever hear that phrase? No, no. He said that's what his great-grandfather, they were when they were loggers back in the 20s, that's what they used to call them, whistle punks, because they would whistle out in the woods, you know? The, the punks the, the sas- just out there loitering? The Sasquatches would whistle. Oh, the Squatch are called whistle. They I were, thought they, they was called like them like a, a band punks. of youths. No, no, no. They would gotcha. call them whistle punks. And uh, the way this guy described it, it didn't sound macho. Matter of fact, he's like, yeah, I'm a veteran of Desert Storm. And he sounded like he kept references his grandkids, so he must be a little bit older. And he's like, I, and he's calling himself, he's like, I'm a hillbilly. I love being out there. This is great for me, but. Like how he saw one, he's like, I would use like I had my gun with me. I would never fire at one of them. But he's like, I got back to my house. I couldn't stop shaking. I wow. want like Dave. You're a, you're a man that seems to be of no fear. What would well, would that? Do you think you would get legit frightened if you encountered? If I saw, not, not, yeah, not that they would threaten you, but the fact that you'd be seeing mm-hmm. one in well, real I'd be life. Feeling so many things. Yeah, I'd feel so many emotions. Um, but yeah, I think just the, the sheer physical nature of of seeing a full grown squatch. I mean, that's gotta be terrifying as as badly as I do want to see one in real life. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play tough guy and be like, big deal. Oh, it's a nine foot, 800 pound beast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, no, I mean, dude, I could not imagine. I couldn't imagine seeing one in real life. It would be terrifying and, and glorious all at once. When's the last time you got like, frightened? Frightened? Yeah. Or scared, you know, probably when I, scared, you know? Probably when I fell backwards off a small cliff on my riding mower, and I literally thought I was, all right, this is how I die. Okay. Like, that was pretty scary, yeah. But nothing I told like that story. Yeah, that's like in an, like right in a moment. Mm-hmm. Is there any been just like a feeling where you've just been around? Like something's been happening, not like an action that happened immediately, but just like oh, mm-hmm. I got a bad feeling about what's around me right now, or something like that. Yeah, I, I got frightened. I tell you that uh, when I was up in Oregon camping, and I was mm-hmm. just way mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally, I drove on this small little windy back road for like 30 minutes. So it was way out in the middle of nowhere. And I was set up near a creek. Yeah. And because I couldn't hear anything, it just, yeah, I got spooked. Like, that was a long night. That, the, the you know, now I'm in the van and I, I got, sometimes I'll wear headphones at night. Or I, I bought some cheap sleep mask. I'm, I'm always a subject for targeted ads and this one's like Mm -hmm. oh it's like a headband with little speakers in it that you can sleep on your side (laughs) with it and i thought like maybe i'll bring that with i'm like i don't think i could sleep in the van and eliminate one of my senses no no you got i mean gotta have that in the van that was maybe my most important sense when i was living in the van you gotta be able to hear 
what's going on right outside. Yeah, you definitely shut off that sense of smell when you're in a van. I know that. <laughs> Willingly. Willingly. And then it makes the other one stronger. When you eliminate one, the other ones get stronger. So we don't want to smell what we're doing in here, but we definitely need to no. hear and see what's happening around. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the thing about the van, not to, to relive those glory days too much, but, um, you know, and, and not, again, not to, to woe was me. It was a self-induced hardship, but the... Um, the, the whole time I was in the van, the fact that I could never fully relax. I could never just fully... I was always kind of like figuratively sleeping with one eye open. Just, you know, when you're at home, it's your home. You've mm-hmm. got a locked door. You know, people could still come in, but they're not supposed to. This, this is your little... You've annexed this little piece of property. This is where I live and where I dwell. It's not as much of a but target. When you're in a van, exactly. When you're in a van, you're just always in public. You know, I was never, rarely was I parking on private property, parking in someone's driveway. I was just always in public, always street parking or truck stop parking. or And just the fact that I could never fully just relax. And I think psychologically that, that wore me down after a period of time of like, God, I just want to There was know times, for yeah, certain. You that, looked tired that, a lot of that time. You looked pretty <laughs> yeah. tired. Yeah, I was haggard because, like, at any moment there could be someone trying to break in, or oh, I'm didn't read the sign, and am, am I getting towed, or am I going to get a ticket, or you know, is there a crazy person outside screaming? Like, I just you could never fully relax. That was the, that was what the difficulty that I had when I was out last summer in the van was like trying to find mm-hmm. spots to like that were okay for that. Like, honestly. Rest stops made me the most comfortable, but then they were also the noisiest because of all the coming yeah. and going of the cars. Yeah. But in the cities, like I'm trying to think where I got the best sleep. Usually like weird residential neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. But then you wondered like, oh, is a neighbor going to be, if it's a decent neighborhood, are the neighbors going to be snooping around? Like, what's this van? In the yep. Neighborhood? Absolutely. That was... My dilemma all the time. You, uh, uh, too nice of a neighborhood. You know, nice neighborhood, yeah, I feel safe, but I'm also sticking out. Someone's probably noticing me and going to call the cops on me. Mm-hmm. And then in a crappy neighborhood, no one's snooping around and going to call the cops on me, but I might get broken into or robbed. Or, it yeah. was finding those perfect spots. And I, I had a couple of really good ones. But for me, the best spots were like in a residential neighborhood, but not directly in front of someone's home or apartment. Yeah. Like find a nice kind of a residential neighborhood where um, maybe there's a, an auto body shop that's closed at night or, you know, some sort of uh, industrial type business that's not open at night. So you could park there. You're not bothering those people, but you're still kind of in a safe, somewhat residential neighborhood. Or hotel parking lots are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hotel parking lots are good. I My favorite spot, for people who know Los Angeles or Los Feliz, uh Hill, uh, Clayton at Hillhurst. I don't know what it looks like now, but uh, that that first block north when uh, when uh, Virgil turns into Hillhurst when you cross over Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Um, Clayton is that first left, and there was a uh, fire department, a fire station right there. So, like when I parked there on my left was a fire station that had this big wall around the property, so they couldn't really see me or care. And then to my right was a vacant parking lot that uh, the nearby oh, hospital that used to be use. a Ford dealership. Exactly, it used then, to be a Ford dealership. That was big. Now that was now that's condos, but then it was a mm-hmm. big homeless population. 
Right before yeah. I left, that's like yeah. that was one of the spots that blew up with like tents and everything. Exactly. That blew up right when I kind of left that area. But there, you know, around 2012, 2013, it was the perfect spot because that neighborhood was still very residential. But that one little block, I had a fire department on my left and a vacant parking lot on my right. So I wasn't annoying anybody in terms of like, you know, parking directly in front of someone's nice new condo or something. But I was still it still wasn't like an industrial park or like too shady in terms of at that time attracting homeless folks and whatnot so and i was a block away from a 24-hour toilet there at uh at the old vons and uh so yeah there was definitely a strategy of finding the the perfect spots yeah yeah i feel like i'm gonna be uh i don't know what campsites or like now after getting the van stuck last year i don't know how uh trust trusting i am to go with like some country roads off into the woods or not, but mm-hmm. and yeah, it is. Well, and then like at least, well, the last van you had, you had windows and everything, so you can kind of see out what was going on. I got, mm-hmm. I'm a little like cut off in the back. I don't yeah. want the windows open so I could see out because that means people could see mm-hmm. in if you got any light mm-hmm. going on there. But I'm, we'll be fine. I'm just like, oof. Get, all right, getting back get the out tent. There. Get the tent on the on the back windows. That's what I did. I could see out, but you couldn't really see in. Oh yeah, yeah. That well, I got helpful. yeah the tinted side windows. We'll see. We'll see if did I ever, can find a little campsite or something. We'll get out there. <laughs> did I ever tell you this story? Uh, on the old van, the white van, I had a um, somebody had gifted me like a little novelty Bigfoot sticker, but it looked like uh, a Bigfoot hunting license. Oh yeah, I've so seen it looked that. like. Sure. It looked, Looked like an official like deer hunting license or something, but it was for Bigfoot. Yeah. And I had that right on the back of my rear window. And those two windows, I had like the double doors that would swing open in the back. And both those windows I had heavily tinted where uh, you couldn't really see in, but I could see out fine. And I had that little sticker right there. And then my bed was back there. My bed was widthwise across the wheel wells. Instead of north-south, my bed was east-west. So about almost every morning there for a while i'd be uh i'd be waking up you know seven eight in the morning i'm laying there and literally like 12 inches to my right is that rear window that's heavily tinted so i could see out fine Uh, you know at night i'd close the curtains but uh, in the morning you know i'd kind of open them up and i could still see out and enjoy the sunlight but no one could really see in anyway i had that sticker right there on that window and about once a day someone would be jogging by and then that that sticker would catch their eye, and they'd stop and they walk up and inspect that sticker a little closer. Like, oh, what's this? And then mm-hmm. there would just be a stranger, just twelve inches from my bed. And here I am, you know, in the summer, I'm just sleeping in the boxer shorts or, the, or whatever, you know, yeah. just almost completely naked. And then I'm just sitting there, and then there's just a stranger just looking at this sticker, having no idea that twelve inches beyond that window is just half naked vagrant. With with morning boner just staring back at him, That's, and uh, I was uh, I was always tempted to just be like ah, <laughs> just scare the shit blow out of your own spot too much. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what that's just not a bad rule for living is uh, mm-hmm. take a walk like go about a, like like a half a block away from your house and, or wherever you're living. Look back and see what you can see inside because oh, we think yeah you can see versus what you can actually mm-hmm. see. I remember that with my old place. On Glendale, 
where I didn't think anybody could see in. And then I went, like, I would get my neighbor's mail. So I took it up to their, like, there was a separate building. Uh-huh. Back. I took it up to their apartment and looked back, to, back at my apartment. I'm like, oh, they could see everything. Yep. It's like, whoops. <laughs> I thought they were just rude and unfriendly. No, it turns out they had a good reason to not want to communicate with me whatsoever. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, man, there's a horror back there. Well, that's, hey, that's good. So I'm in the van this week. You're in your new apartment uh-huh. yet again. Still yeah. uh, still going good? Oh, dude, it's going great. Putting the final touches on the, the record room slash office. Yeah. Um, You're sitting in there right just, now, huh? Sitting in here right now, man. Got uh, got the posters framed on the wall. I got a new record bin. I got three record bins now, and uh, that's kind of getting out of hand. But yeah, I got a desk. I'm uh, got a chair. I'm all set up. I even got a rug. I'm really uh, a rug getting into. Yeah, I got a rug. Good for got you. Some interior decorating going on here. You is it hardwood floors? Yeah, I got the hardwood floors. So rugs we need are uh, the rugs. Yeah, kind of acoustically, you know, kind of softens everything up a little bit. So. Was, uh, sometimes yeah, that, la- that lady's touch for the single fellas out there, rugs, and uh, you know what I didn't realize is the, the villain of everything is overhead lighting. Oh, yeah, Terrible overhead stuff. lighting sucks. Yeah, you need some soft, uh, you know, low-level lighting. <laughs> but you know what we got in this place? We got the recessed lighting yeah. up and, you know, built in, and then we've got the dimmers. I've never had, I've never lived nice. in a place that had the dimmer switch, so we can kind of control. It's got quite a range there from uh, very dim to, to very bright. So. I think it was, the, I mean, not that this is an interior decorating podcast by any means, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize lamps and like this, the way like light hitting things from the side mm-hmm. horizontally instead of just coming down vertically change the yeah. whole vibe of a place. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's stuff as, and like a young man, as a young man, you'd be like, That's, I don't need that stuff. That's dumb. You're like, no, it, you know, it's okay to take a little time, change the mood of your uh, residence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And soft lights, too. Yeah. I remember yeah. being a young man living in really cheap studio apartments and stuff and just having that, what do they call it, fluorescent lighting? Just the panels oh, in the kitchen. terrible. Oh, God, like just cheap office fluorescent lighting. Like That's that should have, I think they've done... Research on that 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 shit will fuck with you your mental state after too much time. You yeah, know? It's just yeah, it's just terrible. I mean, even in a workplace, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And dudes will just dudes will put like one halogen shop light on the floor, <laughs> like it's like it's a crime scene from the movie Seven. But it's fine. It's like, no, oh, man. here's another. Why am I single? Here's another because tip. you look like a serial killer. Yeah, single young fellows, fellows in their 20s who uh, are not cohabitating with a significant other, whether it be male or female. Uh, I know that you're a swinging, you know, young fella, and, you know, I do my own thing. And invest in some fucking soap and a damn hand towel. I don't know how many 20 something dudes' houses I've been hanging out at. Go to take a piss. The bathroom's disgusting. And then there's no soap and no, 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 no hand towel. Like, come on. Gotta even if you don't use it, put some fucking soap in there to, to for your guest or let us think that you're somewhat hygienic. That, yeah, I I look back at uh Yeah, the days that I was living that way. It's, yeah, yeah. You just don't you just don't know. You're just a 
And then, or or if you do do that stuff of your own volition when you're like a young guy, you're like, "This is weird. Why am I doing this?" Because, man, you're trying to make yourself presentable to a to a mate. And yeah, it's, it's, it's basic okay. shit. It's, it's nothing frou frou or weird about hand soap. Or maybe they Wash maybe the twenty year olds are better about that, and we were just goblins. We just ran with true goblins. I guess so, because I I used to run with some real goblins. Because I would just be. Shocked and appalled every time I'd go over to certain people's houses. Like, dude, no, no soap, just none. Oh yeah, just not one, even an option. One bar gotcha. of lava soap you got to take from the yeah. shower that's just been run up and down an ass <laughs> crack once a week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, buddy, I know, I get you. Sorry, you you hear me blowing my nose. I'm I'm moving away from the mic, but I think okay, okay, I, think I might have a little bit of <laughs> a cold wanna... too. It's very it's very rude to do that, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm moving away from the mic so the listeners don't get the brunt of it. But Dave is. So. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, that's for nice, that, buddy. buddy. How the show's been? The shows were good, man. It was like uh, it's yeah. fun. It's in a performing arts center, Wenatchee, Washington. It's kind of smack dab mm-hmm. in the middle of the state, and uh, they're just trying to put on some shows here, and it's. It's it, they were fun Friday and Saturday night. Last night was sold out. It's it, it's in a theater, nice. but they realized like the theater seats five hundred something, so they flipped it uh-huh. and they actually put chairs on the stage. I mean, I was making fun of it, like, oh, you guys are missing the point of this theater. But they do about two hundred <laughs> people set up on the stage, really, and then because that way they can pack, like, can make two hundred people feel like a full room instead of two hundred people mm-hmm. spreading out in a big theater. So but it must be a it, big it, stage. It, it, very big. I mean, it's a theater, so it's got, you know. Uh-huh. Once you take up all the stuff for the people that have not been on a theater stage, you don't realize how deep they actually are for the different backdrops yeah. for plays and everything. Like a basketball court. Pretty much, yeah. And so all that stuff just goes up into the ceiling mm-hmm. if you're not using it. And it worked, man. It worked. The shows were fun. Went out... Uh, you know the the fella from uh, from the Thai restaurant next door. His name was Top. It's uh, uh, Atlas something. I, I can't remember the name of it. Generous fella. Fun to talk to him. Just very passionate about running his restaurant. It's a very popular place. We didn't, didn't get to eat there, but um, his name was Top. His name was Top. So Thai. That's fella. a pretty cool name. Yeah. And uh, and it's fun, man. It's just nestled in the valley here. And like I said, I think I'm hopefully. Feeling well enough to pedal around some of these hills for a little bit uh, today and then get myself out to Missoula tomorrow. So that's about six hours. I can probably shave some of that off tonight and then... It's a beautiful town. Sleep somewhere in the the weirdness. There you go. Good for you, buddy. What about you, man? What are you just on the streets of West Hollywood? Just wandering. Just wandering the streets. Walked down to the old improv a, comedy club last night, did you? I sure did. I sure did. Took in a nice show. Um, mingling, you know, getting back in the mix. Yeah, buddy. Seeing old friends. Did, they let, did they let you cruise in? Did you have to be like the, I'm a comic. I wonder if I can. Yeah, no, I had to explain. You know, <laughs> they, were, they were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't been there in a while. But, uh, yeah, man, just getting to know the neighborhood, dude. Just uh, found a cool little dog park a block away for little Charlie. Took him over to the took Charlie to the uh, the leash free dog park. You know, you go in and shut the gate behind you. And yeah, it's this is one, one chance to get off the leash. And oh, it's a run can, free and explore. Out there. 
and uh, just just never left my side. Just like didn't understand or didn't want no part of running free. He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'll be right here with you. He's used to cat energy, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, all the other dogs are going nuts because they realize, hey, I'm finally free. I'm off this leash. And Charlie was like, no, thanks. I'm good. Why are we here? Yeah, Charlie's about but, that uh, cat energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's become quite lethargic. <laughs> but yeah, man, just getting settled in the new place. Just just having a blast. Enjoying uh, the, the new digs. You went to uh, Connie and Ted's? Oh, my God, dude. What'd you get? Tell dude. me about it. Talk to me about it, man. Dude, that, that place is dangerous. I'm two blocks. I'm, I'm a four-minute walk from Connie and Ted. Some of the best seafood I've ever had. You took me there years ago. And, yeah. uh, oh, my God. One of my favorite. Got the... What'd we get? Got a fried clam basket. Love okay. fried clams. Got the little fried clam action. Got a... Got the sampler platter, sampler dozen of the the raw oysters. I could, man, oysters. That's something I think I could do well in a in a competitive context. Really, I bet I could. I bet I could put down five or six dozen raw oysters without even batting an eye. You know what? I love them I, so much. Oysters are one of those things. Like, do I like oysters or do I like the little things that you put on the oyster? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would I want like a, a raw oyster. Without stuff. Oh, oh, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. Sometimes I'll uh, I, I mix and match, but yeah, I love it? the little shallots and vinegar. Um, yeah, some if they're big, if they're big enough, you can chew them. But yeah, I just love the taste, the brininess, the salty brine. You just taste the ocean, and I'm starting to to I've eaten them enough recently where I'm slowly starting to learn the differences between. You know, I, I don't know the specific ones, but I can kind of tell, like, oh, this is East Coast. That's Pacific Northwest. My cousin you pointed know, just, out the difference, like the difference in the shape of the shells. So you could tell yeah. East Coast versus West Coast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I will say I like the big ones because they're all kind of the Ooh, same price. Dave like, likes some big. So let, let me get that big one. I don't want that. I want the tiny ones. Come on. Wait. What are we talking about? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I had some uh, oysters. What else? Oh, I had uh, smoked fish dip. This homemade smoked fish dip with yeah. little homemade saltine crackers. Get out of town. We had that. Uh, something else we had. I can't remember. Oh, Katie had. Katie loves uh, Manhattan clam chowder. The the red stuff. You ever have the Manhattan Not clam the, chowder? The 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 more uh, watery kind. Yeah, well, it's it's instead of the shall I say? Yeah, it's more broth. Yeah, tomato broth based it, yeah. instead of uh, the white cream based chowder. It's uh, tomato based, and oh boy, had a big bowl of that. But yeah, dude, I I could eat seafood like that every day and not get tired. Well, now you're down the street from. Uh, I, I do yeah. love that place. They do a nice piece of fish down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Maybe I could go. totally. I'll be like, down there. I'll be down there and and April. Might have yeah. take a little trip oh. down. Now I'm going to have to ask the park in front of your house. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Return wow. the favor. Probably be over by two. <laughs> yeah. Can I use your shower? You no, c- I brought my own towel. If you want to come grind up some rice in my garbage disposal, feel free. Well, we both learned a lesson that day, so. right? <laughs> oh boy, should we get into a topic real quick? I know you got a hard out, but I can uh, do, I can mow yeah, through this. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna Anne Frank this hotel room and see how long I can stay mm-hmm. in here until the Gestapo kicks me out. But yeah, 
<clears throat> let's uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Well, I thought uh in in honor of uh your travels this week, I wanted to do uh something somewhat local. Did you know that uh you're probably as the crow flies, you're probably about 40 miles you right now if you're still in uh Wenatchee, you're right. about 40 40 50 miles north of a place called uh Manistash Ridge, Washington. Mm, and uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this Ridge. right. Uh, Katitis County, Washington. Okay. And Manistash Ridge in Katitis County, Washington is uh, allegedly the home of a uh, really mysterious geographical, or is it geographical or geological anomaly called Mel's Hole. You ever heard of Mel's <laughs> Hole? Uh, probably not the one that you're about to talk about. <laughs> Well, let me give you some background here. Uh, in February of 97, uh, the late, great uh, radio guy, Art Bell, who we both were fans of, mm-hmm. host of the legendary radio show Coast to Coast AM, uh, he had on a guest, you know, he'd taken random calls here and there. And he had a random okay. caller who called in. This is February 97. This guy uh, called himself Mel Waters. And Mel claimed to own a rural plot of land right there near uh, Manistash Ridge. That apparently had this bizarre feature. Um, as Bell listened, Waters would, over the course of several shows, he, he called in several times over the course of a few years, but basically he was telling about this uh, bizarre tale that he found a mysterious hole in the earth on his property, kind of like a well. Okay. But here's here's why this, this Mel's hole is so weird. Uh, Waters claims that the hole had no bottom. It was a bottomless pit, if you will. Uh, Legendary Hole was apparently long known in the area as the Devil's Hole, and it supposedly measures around nine feet across. Is that diameter? We we We, we, This one, we're never going to remember what this one is. It's about nine feet across. Yeah. In all directions, if it's a circle. Uh, uh, and, And it had like this hand-placed bricks lining the interior uh, down about 15 feet or so. The first 15, the top 15 feet or so was lined in bricks. So it wasn't just a completely natural thing. Like, you know, at least the edge there, the rim had been, um, you know, what was the word I'm looking for? Kind of, you know, created or... By, by humans, you know, bricks don't just grow naturally in the wild. Someone put these bricks there. Um, but the thing is, he claims that it was it was bottomless. It was a bottomless hole. Um, where's my notes here? According to Waters, the hole had been known in the area since uh, humans had first inhabited that region. The natives and early settlers found that uh, anything they threw into this hole would vanish into the void without ever making any sound, uh, hitting any bottom of any kind. The natives also said that uh, apparently people stayed away from this hole because it was cursed and claimed that animals would not go anywhere near it. Uh, Waters himself said he began to use the bizarre hole as sort of a garbage dump. (laughs) And uh, after after never hearing any sounds, uh, even he'd throw like heavy furniture and shit down there, and he'd never, no recoil, no sound, no nothing. And uh, this is where it gets weird. He says he did a series of experiments where uh, he would take like a one-pound weight and uh, attach it to a fishing line on a fishing rod. And he claims that he used several spools of fishing line uh, that equated to approximately 80,000 feet. 
He claims he lowered yeah. this one pound weight eighty thousand feet, never hit the bottom. Okay. So that's insane. And now, to give some context, the deepest hole, deepest man-made hole that anyone has ever uh, created, this place called the Cola Super Deep Bore Hole. Um, I forgot where it's at, but uh, <laughs> twelve kilometers. What's that? About seven and a half miles, I think. Yeah, this. Uh, Cola Super Deep Borehole, deepest hole ever dug, reaches approximately seven and a half miles below the Earth's surface. Uh, it took 20 years to dig that fucking hole. And that's just so, so 80,000 feet, what's that roughly? That's about 15 miles, give or take. Yeah. So could you imagine stumbling across a hole that was 15 miles down? Now that's 15 miles, that's as far as anyone's tested it. There's no telling how far it could go beyond that. But I've always been fascinated with like just <laughs> I don't know if you used to do this. One of my hobbies when I was a kid, I was just I bored. I just go out and dig a hole. And I remember one time uh, call, that call old that a hobby. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I was you know the bar was pretty low it's for not, hobbies. Just a, when just I was a strange kid. compulsion. But the, I remember one time I got mad at my parents, and uh, I was like, you know, I, I tried running away before. I'm like, ah, I'm going to run away. But this one particular time, it's like, I'm just going to dig a hole to China, like in the cartoons. It's like, I'm just going to dig a hole and yeah. just get to the bottom of it. I'll probably be in a different country so y'all can piss off. Yeah. But I've always loved that just Theoretically, holes. that's possible. Yeah. Theor- theoretically. But, uh, yeah, man, this is nuts. So this, uh, the story gets more and more bizarre as we go on here. Let me check some of these. Uh, one guy claimed, and this is Waters uh, speaking here in quotes, he said, one guy claims he threw his departed canine down into the hole, and the guy that did it swears the dog actually came back to him. He was a hunter, and he was out there hunting, and he saw the same dog a few weeks later, had the same collar, had the same little metal thing on his <laughs> collar, and he said it was the same dog, and he says he knew he had thrown the dog into the hole. So anyway, one guy says he threw... People, that's the other thing. Like, neighbors and stuff, they, like I said, they would just use it as like a garbage dump. So one guy threw his dog down there, and apparently a couple weeks later, the dog, uh, the same dog, is out running around doing stuff. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> that I, I, will, just, I will say I found an article in the Daily Record. Uh-huh. Which seems to be a local paper. Getting to the bottom of Mel's hole. Now, this is a <clears throat> this is from uh, ten years ago. This article mm-hmm. uh, talking about what it uh, what it might be, well, most uh, possibly a, a mine shaft. Uh, but apparently, now I'm just skimming it from you bringing this up to me that it was acquired. The land was acquired by the government. Mm-hmm. So I don't, that's a little. I just like that the comment section. This is a ten year old article. Mm-hmm. And of course, a year ago, somebody a local newspaper. So I was listening to a different uh, podcast. I think it was like the stuff they don't want you to know. But talking about like where discourse gets the most heated, and it's usually like local uh-huh. paper, like the comment section of local newspapers. Yeah, but somebody right away. The government took it. Looks like the deep state knows something and won't tell us. The truth will come out eventually. I hope Trump starts an inv- investigation on this. Like this is. At this point, that comment's a year old mm-hmm. on a 10-year-old article about a big hole in the yeah. ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn, man. Some people are just out there. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Waters said he claims that uh, one day he came home to find like some uh, government dudes uh, loitering around his property, and they urged him that that whole area near the hole had been shut down. And even though it was his property, he wasn't allowed to go near there. So they worked out a deal. Apparently, they leased the property from Mel Waters for $250,000 a month and made him relocate to Australia. Yeah. Why would they Why would they pay $250,000 a month? I mean, shit. That's imminent domain will just take your shit and give you a, a fraction of that. Um, that just seems like uh, too round of a number. Two hundred fifty thousand a month. Anyway, they say they made him move to Australia. Waters claimed that he had spent about two years in Australia before heading back to the United States, uh-huh. to, despite alleged warnings against doing this. After arriving, he said that he had been removed from a bus headed for Washington by police and dumped two weeks later onto the streets of San Francisco with IV needle marks in his arm, some of his teeth missing, and he had no memory of what had happened to him. He still managed to make it back to his hometown where he had uh, been menaced by yeah. uh, mysterious strangers dressed in black. So some men in black had All been right. uh, visiting him. Uh, he said he was under constant surveillance. Um, as for his land, he was told that it had been taken under control of the government. And oddly enough, it seemed that it had been erased from an earlier mapping system called Terra Server, which is a sort of an early version of Google Earth. So that's bizarre. Hey, we're going to lease this land from you, but you've got to move to Australia. And then when he comes back, he gets abducted yeah. and drugged and dumped into San Francisco. The, these, I don't know these about com- that. These comments are killing me. I'm still yeah. on the same article from the local paper. Like, <laughs> a fellow named Robert Sheets goes, and I'll, I'll do a little voice acting here. Uh huh. Sure. I wish I knew more. The place I saw in pictures was not what was shown here in the page. The hold that was at one time shown was bigger. A lot of misspellings here. The hold that was at one time shown was bigger in a wooded area. It was also said that if you get close to finding it, army people would run you off, which lends to it could be something to it. That's the sentence. Lends to it. Yeah, lends to it could be something to it. I'm not sure I believe it's true, but I do know you can't trust the government with a B. Government. They can take away the you in the world and make look as if you were never there. And then somebody commented uh-huh. on that comment, and dare you speak, <laughs> yeah, and dare you speak on it type shit, bunch of bullshit and assholes if you ask me. I hear that's where they hide people for investigation purposes while they send the one that looks like you and gimmicks you into place until they feel they've gotten what they need. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, man. You guys this, got it all figured out. This is just the one local paper about it. I mm-hmm. I did drive through like this area that this is about, and there are some uh-huh. uh, there's some interesting flags hanging off of the front of the properties here. I would imagine Confederate flags. Well, like you are the you are more geographically in the opposite end of the country from a Confederate. Yeah, that's idea. bizarre. But uh, hey, all right. As if finding a bottomless hole in your property isn't weird enough, uh, Waters would claim to go on to find a second mysterious hole, this time in the Badlands of Nevada. And uh, this one, every bit as strange as the first. Uh, this particular is this, hole... Is he looking for holes or just wandering? <laughs> I don't know. Finding what holes. What are the odds? What are the odds that he found two different bottomless pits? 
this particular hole was uh, of similar dimensions to the first, only instead of a brick lining, this new hole had some sort of metal ring around the entrance that extended all the way down into the darkness. Uh, like the first hole, anything dropped into it seemed to simply cease to exist, never hitting the bottom. Uh, with the help of local natives, Waters claimed that he had then decided to continue his experimentation, and this is where things get really weird. Okay. Um, one experiment, Waters claims that he, he lowered a bucket of ice to uh, down to a depth of around 1,500 feet, after which had been brought up to find that the ice was warm to the touch, yet it had not melted. Now, I'm no scientist, but that just seems <laughs> hard to pull off. The ice was warm, yet not melted. I've never run across any warm ice. That's a wild one. Uh, what's more, the ice seemed to have changed into a type of flammable substance. Uh, perplexed waters moved on to a live test subject. Now, get this. This time, having a sheep lowered down into the hole inside of a wooden crate. It was apparently quite a time trying to get this animal anywhere near the hole as it was overcome with profound panic. But what's really strange is uh, what happened next. As with the ice, the sheep was lowered down around 1,500 feet, shrieking and screaming and bucking and kicking the whole way down uh, until it abruptly went silent. At this point, the metallic surface of the pit was said to have begun to hum and vibrate. And after fleeing the scene, so they got they panicked and everybody left. They just left that poor sheep down there. Uh, they fleed the scene. Uh, a few hours later, they came back. Uh, they were able to hoist the sheep back up, after which time they found it had been gruesomely cooked on the inside by some unknown force. In addition, a tumor was purportedly found on the sheep, which seemed to be moving, and which they went and cut open to see what was going on. All right, good. So they got this sheep. He's been cooked from the inside. They bring him back up. There's this big tumor. As soon they cut open the tumor. Now get this. As soon as the tumor had been cut, something quite horrifying was regurgitated from the sheep's carcass, which was described as looking like a fetal seal, which which stared at them for some time with intelligent human-like eyes before jumping into the murky depths of the hole. Waters and company, shocked and disgusted by what they had just seen, uh, they they tossed the dead sheep in after the seal fetus, and uh, <laughs> again didn't hear any sound. Um, to make this even more weird, Waters claimed that the the creature, the little fetal seal, uh, somehow cured his cancer. He had had some cancer, and he claimed that it would regularly visit the local sheep herders. After that, uh, who described as being a benevolent presence. Oh, boy. This is really bizarre. So they, they lower the sheep down, 1,500 feet. They bring it back up. It's cooked from the inside, and uh, there's this huge tumor on it. They cut the tumor open, and it's like this seal fetus with that's alive with eyes that are staring at him. And then uh, after that, his cancer went away. Well, I mean, Pretty bizarre story. Good. Uh, we have absolutely no proof or evidence that any of this is real. Yeah. Um, no one knows what happened to Mel Waters. He stopped calling in to the show. Oh, yeah. There, okay. In 2008, uh, there was this guy who came forward, this guy named Gerald Osborne. He was a local native. Uh, his, tri- his tribal name was Red Elk. 
He came forward to claim that not only was Mel's story true, but that he had seen uh, the one, the hole in Washington. He'd seen it himself on several occasions, and it was every bit as odd as Waters had described. Red Elk would go on to speculate that it was the entrance of some sort of underground UFO base, and he would even claim that he had uh, once seen a UFO hovering over the hole. So we got this bottomless pit. It is very close to where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not far. Um, the fact that the natives knew about it, you know, tells me that it had been there a while. Now, now the, I guess the question is, is this a natural thing, or is it a man-made, you know, is it a hole well, that they had like done? Well, it's a mine shaft or something that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, that it's geologically impossible to dig a tunnel that deep. Yeah. But it seems like, I mean, if the fact that the the deepest hole on record that has ever been drilled is this cola super, I like it how it's called the super deep borehole. That's a creative name. Uh, this thing's only seven and a half miles long. And apparently, uh, according to Mel's experiment with the one pound weight in the fishing line, he doubled that. Well, doubled that at least. That He just ran out of fishing line. He never did hit the bottom. I mean, that's scary. There's something kind of creepy about a hole that deep. I mean, I'm not going to lie that that's not a weird thing. And then, you know, how you could, we could always get caught up in the idea that, well, the government will just erase you from saying anything. And, they'll, you know, they'll give you the, the old uh, the smoking man from X-Men. They love like, oh, he's mm-hmm. got child porn and this and that. Like, they'll make it, they'll make it, uh, they'll... Uh, What's the term I'm looking for? You know, they'll just make you a persona non grata. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they made this guy move to Australia. Then they made, you know, like, I, I don't doubt that they can do that. All right, I found it on the map. I found a hole on the map. Oh, yeah? I found a hole. Yeah, from one, from looking it up, Ye- and now I'm looking at, this is an old, let's see if this new map that I have here. Google Maps. I'm seeing uh, something turns up. Yeah, there's a there's an old hole in the ground on the Google Maps there. That would be convenient as far as trash. You ever done any illegal dumping? I despise it. Yeah, I truly despise it. It upsets me. Mm-hmm. Uh. A lot of places I'll go bike ride. You see that they just put their shit out there. Yeah, this is. I mean, doesn't look. Now I found it on a map. Doesn't look like there's really much any roads going out to it. <clears throat> if you look up a place called Green Canyon Road in hmm. this area of like Liberty, Washington, three five zero six might be the route. And it's out there up Upper Green Canyon Road and Haberman Road. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's weird. Weird that there's a hole mm-hmm. out there, but like if it's a mine <laughs> shaft, but then where's the other? Where's the rest of the mine? You know, yeah. There's got to be a there's got to be a mine nearby that you would need that shaft to go down there for. It I wonder how. I, I wonder. I don't know anything about physics and all this shit, but like, let's say you did have a hole that was, for simple math, five miles deep. And it was just a straight shot. Like if you stood at the top of that and dropped 
a refrigerator or microwave down in it. You're just going with the plug. Would you? Would you hear it? Like, would you hear once it finally? A, how long would it take? Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't hear. Yeah, I guess not. But like the acoustics, I I understand. I couldn't hear something that happened five miles from here on on the surface of the Earth. But I I guess I'm asking the acoustics and the the fact that it's just a shaft that is just a little tunnel. You know, there's no other. You know, it doesn't curve or or bend. Just straight down to magma. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to do this. The research, well, then there's, how deep is the magma? Well, then there's that whole story we got into years ago, which is to this day is still one of the most fascinating stories we've covered on this show. Uh, the concept of the hollow earth or the middle earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, uh, who's that pilot? Uh, Dickie Bird, Richard Bird. Oh, he yeah, was uh, an Air Force guy. He claimed uh, he he was like an explorer and he was doing a lot of work at the, the North Pole and stuff. And he, he went into some hole and then, went into this whole other land underneath the surface of the earth. Well, this, this might be uh, might be one of those... Um, I miss those, by the way, the suction tubes at the bank. You miss those? Might be something like that. Yeah, I, I was like, that was always fun. <laughs> you get to see it. It was, you know, it go was up science and over. in action. It was exciting mm-hmm. to see science in action. I don't doubt yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah, I, dude, I... This one's got, you know what? I feel like I'm going to read a little bit more about this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about I mean, the it's, whole, it's, that it's, uh, I mean, here's a, here's a guy, what is this, dark matter radio? See, there's an electrical fence that's out that's protecting nothing but the, Nothing but the hole. There's an electric fence around it. Now, Google Maps, it doesn't look like there's anything around it. It looks like it's pretty hmm. just sitting out in the middle of high desert country. I don't know if it's a high desert out here in Washington or what. There's a house kind of nearby it, but it doesn't look like from the Google Maps, from Google Earth, it does not look like there's... It looks like you'd be trespassing. I'm sure you'd be yeah. able to see out there, but I don't see any... Oh, well, maybe I could see a little line for like a fence on here, kind of. Um, well, this guy's. Like, this oh, would have been two. Two of my tires on my rental Jeep mysteriously went flat when I approached <laughs> the hole. What are you driving? It's a rental Jeep. It's not like you got the off-road tires on there. This would have been a hell of a thing to discover as a uh, as a child. For old, uh, I was old hole digging, Dave. Oh man, I used I used to love. I had my little crew of buddies, and we'd just go out in the woods and just explore. And every now and then, you'd run across something weird, you know. And uh, but nothing like this. But man, this would have blew blown my mind. We found uh, back in the day. We found um, what am I trying to say? The the uh, you know how in most parts of the country the uh, the power poles when they they clear a path. You ever notice, like, the, is it the the big poles that that they just clear a big path for miles and miles, like they go through like the the forest or whatever, and there's just this path for the uh, oh sure for sure, the poles yeah. and the power lines. Yeah, but yeah, we found um, we found a whole area like probably about a half a mile from my house when I was a kid, but it was like right behind our little neighborhood, and we never knew it existed. 
So it's just like, like this new, exciting land. Like, oh, you know, we start riding our bikes back there and stuff. But just finding new little pockets of land and terrain that you didn't know existed. You know, just going out on foot or on your bike when you're a kid. You know, just stumbling into shit like that. Oh, I just absolutely loved doing that shit. I, I couldn't imagine running across a, a bottomless pit. Oh, we had a an abandoned house foundation that had a little... Oh. BMX track around it, but then the foundation was filled with water. But to us, like, oh, that's just, that's got to be a thousand feet deep. It was probably mm-hmm. literally 18 inches of water. Yeah. But that's all you did. You <laughs> said to throw stuff in there. Yeah. Ponds and swamps and all this shit. Yeah. Little kid, little kid adventuring. I still get, I still get a hair up my ass about it. Do you think, not to sound like grandpa, home. but do you, do you think kids do that kind of stuff anymore? Or is it just, Everybody's just indoors on their iPads and stuff. I think it depends on where you live. Yeah. Kids still play. I still see kids out riding bikes, running around the neighborhood I'm in. You couldn't keep me indoors when I was a child. Like, I was in video games and stuff, but only when the sun went down. You know, I'd, I'd play Nintendo at night, but man, if, if it was daytime and I wasn't in school, I was out getting dirty, poking things with sticks. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, flipping over a dead bird. I was a simple kid. No, I know that life. Yeah, yeah, we we, we do that. We do that life, buddy. <laughs> Still do that life. But yeah, Mel's hole. So just uh, just a real deep hole in the middle of nowhere. I'm not gonna lie, this one's got my curiosity. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's a bottomless hole, but I'm like, hmm, this is mm-hmm. interesting. What if it was a pathway to a whole other world i mean i'm probably not gonna go that far with it i'm gonna i'm gonna think there's a rational explanation first and then burden of proof is on uh someone else yeah but uh I'm, all right you know mel's hole there you go i like mel's this hole. one dave yeah and the fact that i'm big, uh not far big from hole it. in the ground yeah let's Hell see yeah, some directions to this there's this rock and tomahawk ranch i'm about an hour 20 minutes away Okay. I mean, I'm going to try a mountain bike. I don't think I'm going to go look for this hole. I can't afford flat tires right now. Got to get yeah. to the gig, but... All right, don't Mel's Hole. If I come back to Wenatchee, come back up here to do some shows, yeah. go poke around your weird holes, guys. There you go. Go poke your holes. <laughs> well, hell, well, hell yeah, I, buddy. I think I hear him out in the hallway. I think I'm going to get escorted out of the hotel soon. Yeah, you're pushing your luck there. I 15 am. minutes past. I am. You at the Hambone? Nah, some some chain called a Coast Hotel. I haven't stayed in. I think it's mm. a Pacific Northwest regional chain. Okay. Fine enough. Fine enough hotel. Hey. A coffee machine and a microwave in the room. I don't ask for much more. There you go. Uh, we're recording a few days earlier than normal. So uh, you want to plug uh, next weekend shows? You got anything next well, week? Next weekend. Well, tonight, this comes out on Tuesday. I'll be in Bozeman, Montana uh-huh. tonight. This okay. weekend, I'm opening up for Jawbreaker in Seattle, Portland. Seattle, right. Friday, Portland, Saturday, Sunday. That's opening up for Jawbreaker. The weekend after that, though, I'll be in Vancouver, British Columbia, Seattle at the Neptune, and Spokane at somewhere nice. in Spokane. That's the weekend after this one. <laughs> and then Richmond, Virginia after that, and then Helium and Portland after that, and then I just added dates at the Irvine Improv and Levity Live in Oxnard uh, after that. So I'm around, man. I'm around these parts. I'm around your holes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, buddy. 
Well, good times, uh, man. Likewise. Well, good have one, fun man. out there. What about yeah, you? Man. What are you doing? You're back in L.A. You got any spots? Uh, nothing of any note. Uh, still putting together dates for my uh, April run. A couple dates fell through. Just reminds me how much I enjoy booking my own fucking shows with oh, people. Which which ones who, fell through? Where where do we got to get? I you? mean, I don't I don't want to throw anybody on the bus. Well, but which like, cities? If we can help out with just, those, cities. I I won't be doing anything in Pittsburgh. Put it that way. I was excited no Pittsburgh, to do Pittsburgh. Huh? Yeah, but I got I got some other stuff. But um, all right, yeah, it's just uh, oh boy, just DIY, baby. It. Uh, it's a it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's rewarding in its special <laughs> way, but it could bite you in the ass too. So, yeah, but now I'll be a sh- confirmed shows, uh, no particular order. I'll be in Chicago, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Cincinnati. I think I booked something in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, Cuyahoga playing Falls. the Funny Stop, Cuyahoga. Uh, yeah, play I play all the big cities, uh, playing I'm the in Funny Wenatchee, Stop, Washington, Dave. <laughs> But yeah, so I'll have all those dates on uh, up at dumbdavestone.com. But yeah, come see your boy in the Midwest and then I'm working on some oh, other they're stuff. Not, they're knocking. The summer, so. yeah. Oh, you better get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Housekeeping? All right, you get out of here, buddy. They're, they're coming for me. They're, they're going to swipe that. This is like a spy again. movie where I got to upload this file before uh, before the cops get here. <laughs> I'm like, well, right, on the computer to upload the file. All right, everybody, be good. <laughs> we'll see you out there. All right, buddy, be safe. See you, Dave. The Boogie Monster. Network.